you didn't think you was going to see me again this week, but I got some bonus content for you because I went live with Miles Brown. Well, actually, he invited me to go live and it ended up being such a good conversation. Like we easily could have kept talking for another hour or two, but it was kind of late, so we had to cut it short. But I just really enjoyed our conversation, and we talked about some things that I don't know if I've ever really talked about, like me going to the principal's office. Y'all always asking about my love life, so we're going to talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about apologetics. If you don't know what that is and you're a Christian, I highly suggest you look it up. Um, we talked about generosity and doing good and giving and just so much more like amazing things and so I really wanted to share this with y'all because I know that it's not always feasible to like re-watch an hour-long Instagram live but it's a lot easier to listen to an hour-long podcast or whatever so here you go oh we live let me see make sure I'm getting no food on my face <clears throat> but we are absolutely live What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to have a good time today. Of this, I am sure. Let me, uh, let me invite somebody in here real quick. What's going on? What's going on? Just making sure my guest gets in here real quick. Before I start speaking and shooting off at the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Uh... She go right there. Man, I hope all is well with you, brother. I hope all is well with you. I'm having a good time over here. Hey, hey. Hi. How are you today? <laughs> I just walked in the door, so thank you for your patience. But it's been a really good day. A really good, good day. Okay, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. I wasn't sure at first, because when I asked you, you kind of made a face. And I was like, wait, what's that face mean? That's, that's it's been just, a good day. That's just me, like, settling in, like, we made it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Y'all, it is Tuesday. Uh, on Tuesdays, I have what I like to call good conversations. Um, there's not too much of a script with good conversations. It's just me and a guest talking. I'm usually doing a little probing, some learning, but, you know, it's conversation, so it's a back and forth. Um, with that being said, my name is Miles. This is my guest, Miss Ginger. How would you like to introduce yourself? I am. I'm a speaker, author, mother, woman of God. Okay. Okay. I could add more, but we'll just stick with those. Okay. That's all good. That's all good. Um, I'm excited to speak with you. I'm trying to get around to all the all the speakers I know and just just dig and, and see like where you guys coming from, like what's your motivation, what's pushing you, what you got going on, what's all the good stuff, what questions you might have, everything. So to start, I'm going to ask this question. Um, you know, public speaking is one of the biggest fears in the world. You know, people are afraid of that. Like, I was surprised how many people are afraid and how afraid people are, right? Yeah. So what pushes you to say, you know what? I want to stand up in front of people and do the very thing that is considered the most scary thing in the world to do, that is to speak. What's your motivation for that? My motivation is to inspire somebody, to make, to help somebody think differently, to encourage somebody, to empower somebody. That's my motivation. I think it's difficult for a lot of people for a variety of reasons. And I think of like people who 
they all they could think about is themselves and like oh i look like this i sound like this and even that part like oh i don't like how i sound but for me it's like i very much love myself <laughs> so that's not an issue and then I don't focus on me and my flaws. I think about my audience and that that person, even if it's just one person that I'm talking to that is gonna be like, oh, I needed to hear what you said or like that changed my life or like that encouraged me. I think about that person. I don't think about, oh my gosh, like who did I put on lip gloss? Is my eyebrows done? My edge is not laid. Yeah. It is what it is with you. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. That's actually something I had to learn as well. Uh, my first time speaking, I've told the story a million times. I'm not going to go into details, but I'll just say it was really bad. It was absolutely embarrassing. Um, and so I know what it's like to have stage fright. Um, but now I, I, I'm, I'm confident, you know, when I'm up on the stage. So it's always funny to me to hear, like, what made you decide to speak? What made you decide to do this thing that many people find scary? Um, so now we know, like, like, you know, how you feel about yourself, which was great because you hit on something so key. Like a lot of people are afraid. They are scared of how they look and how they sound. And what is somebody else going to say about them when they speak? But you were like, no, I love me. I like how I look. I like how I sound. Like I'm chilling. That's dope. But when it comes to crafting, um, a, a presentation, like what's the first thing you decided that you were going to speak about and what made you choose that topic to share with someone else? So I don't even know how to answer that question, honestly, because <laughs> one thing that I didn't mention before is that I've always been a talker. Okay. Like I've always okay. been a, like ever since I was a little girl, I've been able to talk. That's never been an issue. And so what has happened over the years as I've matured and got closer to God, it's just like he refines my message and gives me a focus and helps me to communicate uh, with, with kindness and with wisdom and all these, you know, other things. And so I'm very much a from the heart kind of girl. Like some people I notice, and maybe I'll get there because I'm still new to the speaking business, but some people they're like, this is my talk. This is what I talk about. But me, I'm very much like, okay, what's the topic? Or like, what's God showing me right now? And I go from there. So I'm not, I'm working on implementing like more structure and strategy because my personality is very much like, we'll just, we'll figure it yeah, later Let, let's just go right now <laughs> and I'm i like thinking, it like as i go like okay yeah that's cool but like it's good to have structures and plans and strategies and details and all that stuff that's not me but i see the value in it so it really just depends on the audience and stuff and, like the 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 situation okay okay so you said you were always been a talker does this mean in school you got in trouble a lot not, not a lot it's just so like the first time <laughs> that i went to the principal's office was the first time was, like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't that okay. many times but there was a few times uh the first time i went to the principal's office i was probably in like first grade and we had our classroom our desks were like in groups of four 
it's like four, like like a square. And I think I only had like four girls in my class because it was a small private Christian school. And so the teacher let all the girls sit together, but we were talking too much. So she separated us and I said, this is stupid. And I got sent to the principal's office for that. <laughs> and then one time in middle school, cause I'm a very curious person. Like I like to ask questions, especially when I'm learning something new. And one time in history class, I kept asking questions and my teacher was like, we don't have time for all your questions. Like if you're gonna keep asking questions, we're not gonna finish the lesson. So like, I'm gonna have to ask you to stop asking questions. And I ran <laughs> again after he said that and he definitely ignored me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. That is funny. I, anytime someone says the first time I went to the principal's office, I'm like, okay, what's what is happening I'm here? Not, I'm not a troublemaker. I've never been a troublemaker, but yeah. You'll never run your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> out there running my mouth and out there just trying to find my husband in elementary school and beyond. But anyway, <laughs> Wait, oh no, no. Oh. That was the other issue. Oh. Oh, stop it right there. Okay. We got to run it back for just a second, because if I'm hearing you correctly, you said trying to find your husband in elementary. I, I need that story. I need I need it's all not, of that. It's not like yeah. a story per se. It's just like so in because I always went to private Christian schools. And so, you know, they have to be kind of like strict about how they approach like relationships and like all this stuff, because want to make sure we're being godly anyways so like in middle school as i mentioned before like well kind of uh, my classes were small and so like in middle school there was five other girls to hang out with four of them was like a clique the other one she was really cool she was my best friend but you know sometimes sometimes i wanted something a little different so like i would hang out with the boys because they were chill there was no drama and i like that but from the outside looking in, like, I did have a little crush with this one guy. We had a little relationship, which people weren't happy about. But then, like, parents complained about me because they were like, oh, why is this girl hanging out with the boys? Like, so that got me to the principal's office because my principal felt like she needed to put me on the right path and, like, let me know that. She basically told me, like, if you keep this up, like, you're going to end up a teen mom. Oh, wow. Wild. Like, why would you say that to an eighth grader? <laughs> Wild. And then same thing in high school where it's like, I won't go into the details, but I got in trouble for something that I did with the, the love of my life at the time, my first love. And that ended me in the principal's office as well. So that's all. No, I'm not. It wasn't like crazy. Like I wasn't like marking up the school. I wasn't bullying anybody. It's just like me and myself and I, we got ourselves in trouble. <laughs> I'm definitely going to ask you off this live what happened that got you in trouble with that first guy you fell That's in love with. <laughs> so um, you actually are an author, yes. which is, you know, congratulations. Um, I just saw that you actually gave one of your books away. That is that is something to be proud of. Um, I'm in the process. Like, writing is so... I hate it. I've hated yeah. writing since I was a little kid. 
um, and I have things to say, but putting them down on paper and then getting it like formatted and whatnot, like that whole process is a lot to me, even though, you know, AI makes things a lot easier. Yeah. It's still a lot to me to write a book, but you have accomplished that. You have, you have a book. What is your book about? Like, how do we get to the point of being a published author? So it's funny how you say that you've always hated to write because I, writing has always come easy to me ever since I was a girl, but writing a book is something different for sure. Like I only made it here by the grace of God because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wrote this after I had my daughter. So that's like another, it's different when you're single and Oh, let me write my book. But like when you have like your kid, it's like, Oh, like, let me make sure she's good. And then maybe I can write if she doesn't interrupt. But anyways, um, my book is called Thrive, How to Let Go, Find Purpose, and Flourish When Staying Seems Easier. And it's about learning how to let go, whether that's relationships, whether that's situations, opportunities. And I just share my life experiences of that, um, learning when to let go, learning when to leave, and all the lessons that I learned from each experience is all in there. Okay. Thrive. I like it. I like it. So, you know, I'll be on, on, on social media from time to time. And uh, <laughs> you you posted a meme. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. I don't know. Is it okay to ask about relationships? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get in trouble. That's my favorite topic. Oh, we can, we can dig in in it in just a second. But... <laughs> You posted a meme like someone said they want to get to know you better, and the response is like you can be my accountant or something like that. Okay, like, yeah, you can yeah. be my assistant. So I have a question: is is that honestly what you're on right now? Like the the guys that have tried, you've been like, mm -mm. and if that's the case, why? That is such a fun question. <laughs> the place that I'm in is just like I know what I want and I've made so many mistakes and settled for less so many times before that's like we're not doing that anymore like and I also posted today about like you've healed too much to raise the bar on who has access to you and that's exactly what it is like you can't come over here with anything average or less than or subpar it's just not gonna work so for the guys like that that's not coming correct yeah you could be my assistant maybe even if that because yeah. but I, I definitely am like i am single i am open to dating and all that good stuff but i'm also very much like walking in purpose right now so if you're not going to be adding value to my life making my life easier um if, if you're not clear on who you are and what your purpose is, like, please don't come over here. Please. <laughs> That's please, please. Come correct or don't come at exactly. all. So I, I noticed you, uh, you know, you said you love relationships. It's a great topic. Um, but I also know that you are very vocal about your faith. Yeah. Have, have you always been vocal about your faith or is that something that's new because i don't like me i was born in a church um i've been a licensed minister since i was like i don't know 18 19 years old so i don't like to assume that other people were raised the way i was raised or they came to faith 
the way that I came to faith. So is that like, have you always been as vocal about your faith as you are right now? I don't think I've always been as vocal about my faith as I am right now. I was raised in a Christian household. I was raised, I would, I would not say that I was raised in church, but I definitely attended church regularly. Because I feel like when you say I grew up in church, it's like you were there all the time, your parents yeah, were serving. But like, that's what I mean. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I didn't have that experience because I grew up growing, I mean, going to a mega church. So like we were definitely there every Sunday, but we were not like as involved as we could have been because it was a little bit of ways from home, but we was definitely there every Sunday until the sports started up <laughs> later on in life. Um, so I had a really solid foundation spiritually growing up, um, going to a Christian cultural center in Brooklyn, which is led by Pastor A.R. Bernard. Like that man is, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. full of wisdom. And I'm so honored to have been learning from him all these years of my life. So that happened. And then my parents always put me and my siblings in Christian school. And so again, like adding to that foundation, I had my first um, introduction to apologetics at a very young age, like in middle school, I was introduced to apologetics. And so the foundation lucky was there you. again. Hmm? I said, lucky I you love apologetics it's so good to me <laughs> really okay there's yeah. a lot we can talk about i'm trying to keep this short <laughs> and again i took apologetics again in high school but then like once i got into college it's like okay like i definitely got lost and i definitely was like i love god but i'm doing me and i was definitely like living for me and so I didn't go to church. I, I used my Bible to hide money in there because I wasn't reading it and I knew nobody else was gonna go in there. And then I would say towards the end of college is when I was like, nah, like God's not, God's always been there for me. He's a good, good father. And like, I need to stop playing with my relationship with him. And so towards the end of college, I started like coming back to him, but then I still was like, still not, I was still lukewarm. I still wasn't like living how I should have been. And so ended up in the abusive relationship and marriage with my daughter's father. And then even in that, uh, I think the pandemic really, the pandemic was another like eye-opening moment for me where I was like, nah, I can't play with God because if I'm going to die tomorrow, I'm going to be right. <laughs> and so that helped me to like take my faith serious and and then coming out of, of an abusive relationship, what a humbling experience. And I know that's nothing but the grace of God. So again, like all these moments over the last few years that have just brought me closer and closer and closer to God. And then also realizing like, I'm looking for love from these men when I need to be looking for love from my father and building intimacy with him. And then also just realizing like, some people might never step foot in a church, but they're going to see me on Instagram live. They're going to read my book. They're going to see me in the store. And so just realizing, and everybody's so loud and bold with their messages. So I'm going to be loud and bold too about Jesus Christ. Like on, it's a conviction and it's not, this is not a sh like a front that I'm putting on. Yeah, Jesus. And then I'm like living some type of way off, off the screen. No, like I'm really about this life. And so it's definitely been a process as I 
have matured and as I have gotten closer to God, it has, he's worked on my heart um, to where I am today, where I'm like, nah, I'm gonna talk about God on social media. I'm gonna talk about Jesus. I'm gonna ask people, do they have prayer requests? I'm gonna post my faith. I'm gonna share my faith because you just never know. So yeah, it was a process, okay. but we're here now. And okay, we're I like it. I like it. I like it. So, you know, you mentioned relationships. We talked about faith. What has dating been like since you made this decision to be a lot more intentional about your faith walk? How has that process been playing out? Because I've heard from some people, like, it's a grim world out there. But I've heard from others, like, it's been so much better. So yeah. what's your experience been like? Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday, I think. And yeah, it was yesterday. Um, I, people talk about, oh, like there's pee in the dating pool, blah, blah, blah. Like it's rough out here. But I don't really focus on that because I know like who's for me is for me. Like God has already assigned my husband and like in due time, when the circumstances is right or whatever, like he will find me, it will happen. And so I live from that perspective. So I'm not out here like dating. I don't date for fun, I date for purpose. And also like I'm a mother and it's exhausting. So since I have left my last relationship, which was my marriage, and I've gone through, for sure, been proactive about my healing process. Um, there, last year, like, <laughs> last year, the past definitely tried to spin the block. Like, so mm. many people from my past, like, came back around. And I'm not going to lie, there was a few situations where I was, like, tempted to reconsider. But I realized, like, they was in it back then. And they ain't it now. And I got to mm. keep it moving. Because when I looked back on my journal from 2023, I was like, I wasted so much time on these boys that I knew wasn't it. Why did I do that? <laughs> Why? So, yeah, it really hasn't. My, my love life, like, people are shocked when I say, like, yeah, there's really nothing going on. Because there's really not. And uh, the way that I am, I'm such, like, I love hard. And I'm like very much a giver. And so I've become more protective of myself because I realize like when your heart is like that, you can't just give to anybody. Like you have to be selective. And so because I have like reinforced my boundaries and my standards, yeah, there's really not much going on. <laughs> and I will say this, especially given the last question you asked me, um, the biggest change that I've made when it comes to like dating relationships and love is like, I now prioritize the spiritual aspect. And I wasn't doing that before. Before I was like, oh, no, he grew up in church. He He's a Christian. It's fine. We'll grow together. And now I'm like, nah, you, you're you not talking to the Lord on your own. You're not in your word. You don't hear from the Holy Spirit. Like you don't have an active relationship with the Lord for yourself. I'm good. And like, it's crazy because I, I have this one guy and he's amazing in every way, but he is not sure where he stands with his faith. And so just based off that alone, well, just based off that and just like my, what I feel like is, I don't really, I'm careful with the word intuition because it can get interesting, but just what I feel on the inside and based off the fact that he's not clear on his faith, everything else is great. Everything else is great. 
But just based off that alone, I'm like, I'm going to have to pass. I'm going to have to let you know that this is not going anywhere past a friendship because, like, I really need a God-fearing man. It's not an option. So that's where we're at. Yeah. I've been there before, um, like, two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah, like, two years ago. I was talking to a, a, a lady, and she was a, a real cool lady. Like, she was, she was dope. She was supportive. And all the things a guy would like, except for I asked her about her faith. She was like, well, I pray, but I don't really like, like, I'm not going to do something just because a book said it. And I was, just because a book said it. And so, yeah, it was a, uh, had to dead that one. Yeah. <laughs> Such a life. It'd be like that sometimes. It, uh, relationships get real interesting when you get serious about your faith. Like I've, I've always said, I don't need a scholar, but I do need somebody that, that knows what they believe. And they're not questioning yeah. what they believe. Like, that's important to me. And with that being the case, like that, I, I think it's actually made dating a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. So I've, I haven't dated a lot of women. And the women I have, have dated, like I've had three official girlfriends in my life. They've all been good people. Like, I, I don't have any dating horror stories literally zero and so I do. they're in my book <laughs> yeah, get the book for sure and so i that's what part of the reason why i asked you like how has dating been since you you know decided to be more consistent in your faith because i've experienced that i date less people for sure but i like the people that i date like if it doesn't work out it never ends in some dramatic blow up. Um, I, I've never experienced someone cheating on me that I know of, at least. Because <laughs> 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 you never really know, right? <laughs> and I've never been uh, been a cheater. Like no one can, says they they left Miles because he was just unfaithful. And so it's made like every part of dating has been so much better for that one simple things like i just weeded out all the people that didn't fit that yeah. so that was definitely interesting to me so i um i always want to know all this and this is a question i understand a lot of people don't have an answer to this question mm -hmm. that's okay okay um but me personally i believe in you know three words do something good yeah. right to be intentional about the good that you do and um i like to share as often as i can the good that I do and the good that I would like to do, that I'm working towards doing. But for you, what is something that you are doing or something that you would like to do for whoever? Something that I, I'll go with something I would like to do. Cause I am doing good things now, but I, I'm always thinking bigger. Like, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Something I would like to do. I would like to create like a scholarship fund for people to like go to college. Cause I heard this statistic about how a lot of minorities, a lot of black kids will not even think about going to college cause they know they can't afford it. And that just like shocked me. And it's like, I want to be that person that's like, Let's have a conversation. Like, tell me your dreams for real. Like, money's not a problem. What's your dreams? Let's get you on that path. Like, I, 
I'm so big on generosity and it drives me crazy because I'm not wealthy yet. But I'm like, God, you put all this stuff in my heart and yes. I want to do so much and I'm going to. And it's like, I even try to practice generosity now, even when I don't have it. Like, I'm that person that I'll give you my last. Like, if God gives it to me, I'll, I'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. So I love doing good and being generous because, I mean, that's what we're here for as believers, like to do good works. And so I definitely try to do that. And also just as much as I think big, it's like, what can I do that's little? Like, I'm that person that if I see somebody in the store and I like something about them, I'm going to let them know. Like, if I see somebody come in with a stroller, I'm going to hold the door. Um, and it's just like everyday acts of kindness. So I love that. And I want to hear your answer to the question. Oh, okay. Well, first and foremost, um, if you're in here, hit that arrow at the top and hit the follow button. Um, but doing good is is really important to me. Like, it's, it's seriously important to me. Um, if you were to go to my website, shameless plug, milesbrownonline.com. Uh, if you go to the shop, you'll see that there's shirts you can buy that say do something good. Um, and so I do good by trying to, I try to give financially as much as I can. And part of my, my business this year is actually helping people in the church to be put in a better situ situation so that we can do more giving financially, right? Yeah. Um, so. I started off actually the first time I, I, I really gave to somebody online. I said, I don't know if I want to do this, but long story short, I had a battle, a little wrestle, and I said, I'm going to do it anyways. I didn't think I had enough to give. It was literally $25. That's, that's all I had. Mm -hmm. And now I'll do a giveaway for $10 because I know the value of a dollar and people really care, right? People need every little bit, right? And so I said, you know what? I'm do it. I went on Facebook. I said, anybody who wants uh, to be in this giveaway, just like comment your name and share this post, something like that. I said, and I just chose one random person. And then I did that. I, I, I want to say twice. And one of the first two people to win sent me a message and they were like, Hey, Miles, I just want you to know that I didn't know what I was going to eat. Like I didn't, I didn't have money for food, but because of what you did now i have something that i can go eat for the next two days i just want to tell you thank you and so there was a larger conversation from that as well just the the hope that they were able to have yeah. from remember i thought i didn't have enough to give i thought it was too little and what was too little to me was literally hope for somebody else exactly and it was actual food that they had to eat for that day it was the actually, not just that day but the next day right yeah. It was the actual food and it was too little to me. And so that's what changed my perception and my thought process on what is giving too little. So mm -hmm. I started doing that and I, I will call it cash app giveaways and I would just give money via cash app. Right. Um, but the funny thing about giving money via cash app, people didn't believe that I was actually giving money away. So one time I did a $25 giveaway and a friend of mine from high school was like, are you really giving people money? I'm like, yeah like, like that's what it's saying like i'm <laughs> and so like this person kept questioning me but eventually they said you know what if you're actually giving this money away don't tell anybody who gave this to you but i will match whatever you give um so i was like oh that's dope and so I, I was kept doing that but people are so skeptical about someone actually giving to them right like they they don't believe it like what's the catch 
And then apparently people take your cash app a lot and like some, I guess they can scam you. They, they can take yeah. your money. I don't know how that stuff works, but apparently that's a thing. And <laughs> so is. I had to stop giving via cash app. And so one of the first things I did is when I started this Instagram page. So if you scroll all the way to the bottom of this Instagram page, you'll see that there's a post that says like, hey, whoever follows this page, I'm going to put you in a raffle for a free gas giveaway. And this is when gas was like stupid high across the country mm-hmm. like four dollars something here in texas six dollars something out in california and i was scared because i got family in california and so i was like dang if my auntie win this with her suv i'm about to be out <laughs> a lot of money but i'm gonna fill up your gas tank and i just i found different ways um i paid people's bills before um i'm probably gonna bring that back soon and just you know pay somebody pay a bill for somebody but then I landed on this. This right here, just a Visa gift card with my logo. The wow. bottom says, do something good. And uh, people feel less iffy about receiving a gift card in the mail, right? Yeah. So this is how I do my giveaways now, by Visas. But what I want to do, what I'm working towards, the reason why I have to make a lot of money, like some people want a lot of money just for the sake of making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but I am like you. And I get it from my dad. I need to be able to give. Yeah. Like, it's it's a problem when I don't have it to give, right? Um, so what I'm going to do in the future is actually pay off people's mortgages. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you happen to win and you don't have a mortgage, we're going to get you a mortgage and we're going to pay it off. Like, that's what we're going to do. Wow. But um, there'll be one caveat. You have to to agree that for the next six months you give half of your mortgage to a nonprofit organization. Mm. So you, you got a two thousand dollar mortgage. I'm gonna take care of that mortgage completely. But for the next six months, you have to say I'm gonna give a thousand dollars to somebody, someone, somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I want to do. That's what I'm working towards, being able to pay off people's mortgages. So. I know there's got to be a lot of money involved because, like, the mortgage on this house is a lot. Mm-hmm. You feel me? What's up, Dante? Good to see you, brother. The mortgage on this house is a lot, a lot. And so if I were to pay this off, I would need hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay this off. And if I'm doing this for multiple people a year, that means my business and my nonprofits have to be generating millions of dollars so that I can take care of people the way I, I truly want to take care of them. So. That's my goal. That's how I'm actively doing good, and that's how I will be doing good in the near future. I got two things that I want to say. Okay. So first of all, I didn't even wait for you to give me permission. Go ahead. (laughs) Good. You're good. Um, I just interviewed somebody for my podcast today, and I always ask for a book suggestion. And she talked about like the it was like the nine figure mindset or something like that and i was like yo i like that because i remember like for a while everybody was stuck on like six figures six figures and i got to a point where i was like six figures ain't enough and that's where i stand today and that's not from like a bougie greedy point just understanding and to do the stuff that we want to do because i also want to like buy people houses and buy people cars and like meet needs to do that type of stuff like you need capital but what i've learned is like when you're able to clearly articulate your vision the right people is going to 
hear it and jump on board. It's really powerful. And the second thing I want to say is that it's never about how much you give. It's about your heart posture. And the Bible makes that so clear time and time again. And when Jesus fed the 5,000, he took, okay, I always mix it up. Is it two fish, five loaves, five loaves, two fish? Anyways, yeah, two fish, five loaves, you're good. Two fish and five loaves. And he didn't say, God, this is not enough. He said, thank you. He blessed it. He gave thanks for it. So whatever you have in your heart to give, whether it's $2 or $10,000, just bless it and watch God multiply it. Like God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly for real. And so it's never really about how much from your perspective, it's about your heart posture because I've done the same thing. I've given away like a few dollars and I've been on the receiving end of a few dollars and it feels good to to receive, especially when you don't have. It definitely feels better to give, but it, I've been in seasons where like that $10, yeah, that's my lunch today. So mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. The crazy thing is I get that from my parents. Like I didn't always, hey, she's flexing faith. Um, I didn't always know what my parents were giving. Actually, I had no, no clue that they were giving for a long time. Um, I definitely didn't understand the amount that they were giving. Um, and then when I started understanding stuff, I didn't understand why would you give like that, especially in some of the times that they were giving. Yeah. I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, yo, you're giving to these folks over here, but I want something too. <laughs> like, but they, they really just have a heart to serve, a heart to give. And when that ends up being placed on you, you have to do it like it's it's not a oh this will be nice this will be cool it's like no nah, if i'm not doing this it's a problem yeah so when i started to feel that way i started to understand my dad better um and actually helped with a lot of things because at some point i got okay so a little bit about me growing up my parents always had somebody else living in the house always mm -hmm. Okay. Not only were they always taking care of someone, sometimes it was a family they were taking care of, uh, a mother and kids, multiple people, and then they were giving to other people outside on top of that. Um, but as a kid growing up, I didn't grow up with much. So at some point, it started to register to me that, yo, you're giving money to other people's kids that I could use. And like that, that got on my nerves. Yeah. That's I was like, I was looking mad. I didn't like other people calling my parents mom and dad. I'm like, no, you have a mom. I know who she is. If I know who she is, you know who she is. Don't call her mom. That's not your mama. And this ain't your daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, that's not how this works, right? <laughs> I, that was a, just a problem I personally had. But um, when I started understanding my parents are truly servants yeah. and they are tr truly here, like, Part of the reason I'm here, part of the reason why I was raised under them is because I'm a servant as well. And as a result of that, and me starting to understand that, I was able to you know, kind of forgive my parents a little more mm -hmm. for when I felt like you're giving to somebody else and you're neglecting me. You know, so that's, that's a whole nother situation, though. But uh, oh, my sister just hopped on. What's going on? Yeah. So I have a question for you, though, because you mentioned apologetics. Yeah. And um, apologetics very much so interests me. Who's the first 
apologist that you heard of? I don't know. <laughs> well, I will say this, like, there is, we need more Black voices in the academic space, in the apologetic space, in these spaces where these high-level conversations are happening because there's this, I, why am I going off on this tangent? But anyways, these conversations can become very whitewashed and then it's a deterrent to leading more African-American people into the faith. But anyways, um, my first, the thing that I can first remember about apologetics as a young girl was Answers in Genesis. Uh, we would like watch these videos and go to these um, like programs in middle school. So I don't remember the name behind that, but Answers in Genesis okay. is like one of the first things that I remember as a girl. And that stuff, I'm a science girl. Um, I've always been a science girl, science and math. And so I love to learn about the animals that disprove evolution. Like <laughs> that is so much fun. Oh, okay, that's cool. Science and math, I'm gonna remember that because I wanna get my degree, um, but I need a science and a math. So I might have to call you to you know handle some of that for me, but that's sure, a whole nother sure. situation. Like, if you ask me about social media, I'm gonna have to I'm, send an invoice okay. to you. Okay, it, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. But um, so the first apologist that I heard of was Ravi Zacharias. And yeah. I thought it was cool because he wasn't a white guy. He's not from a white country. Mm -hmm. He's Indian. Yeah. He grew up Indian. And I was like, so he didn't grow up in a whitewashed anything. Yeah. Right. Western mentality. Yeah, and so his his perception of scripture was totally different from a lot of people that I heard. Um, but that was just my introduction. And then from Ravi, I heard of uh, Nabil, who ministers under Ravi's uh, ministry, uh, who was a Muslim apologist at first. Wow. Nabil was a Muslim ap apologist, and by the time he died, he was a Christian apologist, which is a massive switch. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I, I heard about one of the Bill's friends. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Christian Wood. Uh, and Christian was an atheist who was literally out of his mind. Doctor said he did not have the ability to feel empathy or to care for others. He was actually considered crazy. Yeah. Went to jail for trying to kill his father um, because he had no feelings and it didn't matter if he did. Mm -hmm. um, and now he is a Christian apologist. Jesus truly, like, changing everything about a person literally like your your chemical composition in your body changing like it's wild but um so those are like the first people that introduced me and now i have a friend who's an apologist a black man uh god logic is what he goes by on social media so you can find him um so yeah apologetics has been one of the most interesting things for me and it's been uh one of the things that grounded my faith and made it to where I said, no, nah, I can't. There's no way I, I would believe or entertain something else. Now, I'm more than willing to learn and to yeah. listen, but after what I have learned and know to be true, it's like, there's no way I'm going to say anything other than Jesus Christ is Lord. Exactly. And so I just think that's awesome that you were able to start getting a hold of that at such a young age because, uh, especially black folks, most people 
that I know that I've seen have no idea what apologetics is. Yeah. They have no clue like, that, that there are answers to our questions. <laughs> yeah, like, like we don't know that there's questions to all these answers that we have. We we are completely clueless that a lot of the stuff that steers people away from the faith is just because they have pseudoscience or some fake his history that's just not real whatsoever. Yeah. And when you dig into the, the truth of the matter, you're like, oh, Christianity is, is truly its own very separate thing. There is nothing like it. There is no one like Jesus ever. And so I just, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, that is really awesome. Really yeah. Cool. I, so like, I'm the oldest out of four and the two middle siblings, they both did ministry school. And I actually did start my master's degree at, it's called the New School of Biblical Theology. And so they had, it's a new, it's really a new school. And so they have like two degree tracks. So one is for like people who are in ministry. And then the other one is just for like people who don't necessarily plan and like being in a ministry, but they want the knowledge. So the degree is called the Master's in Global Leadership. And so I did actually start that uh, two years ago, but I had to put it on hold for financial reasons. But yeah, like I'm very passionate about this stuff because I don't want to be loud and proud for Jesus. And it's just off of hype and feelings. Like I want to be loud and proud for Jesus and be able to have difficult discussions and answer questions and say, oh, you know, actually, let me get back to you on that because I need to do some research on that, but I'm gonna get back to you. Like, it's so important to me to actually know, like, why do I believe what I believe? And like, is this just made up? Or like, is there is there something behind this? And I think part of that is also like the church that I grew up in with A.R. Bernard, like one of the most mm -hmm. provoking men that I've ever encountered. And so we were having these deep, profound Sunday services. And so to this day, like I crave death when it comes to my faith, like I want to go deeper in my faith, and like I just love it, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome right there. That I like. I don't know. Apologetics is is so cool to me. I was in college before I was introduced to that term. Um, I went to Dallas Baptist University. Ultimately, I was in school for a degree in biblical studies, um, and I was in my like I was in my degree program before I knew what apologetics was. You know, like I'm learning about old church fathers and I don't know that apologetics is a thing yet. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. But your faith will really get turned up a few notches when you know that hey, every like to me it's like everything about earth, history, science, geology, all of it is screaming Jesus Christ is Lord. Like, yeah. it is all screaming Jesus Christ is Lord. But most of us, you know, you grow up in a church, pastor never heard of apologetics. And... That. Let's collect the times. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm actually not <laughs> mad at people collecting tithes. Um, I'm not mad at all at that, actually, but that's a whole nother conversation. Like, is it is it right? Is it wrong? Yeah. If it's If it's not right and you're not mad at it, how do you justify that? If it is right and people don't ask for tithes, how do you justify Like, that's a whole rabbit hole that we would go down. But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But yeah, I, I just thought that was awesome. So um, 
before we get out of here, because I don't want to hold you all night long, I want to know within your business life, okay, within your business life, what are you shooting for? What is the ultimate goal? I don't know if that's a a, a specific situation happening. I don't know if that's a dollar amount. I don't know what your goal is, but I would like to know what exactly are you aiming for? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I very much believe that I will be a multimillionaire. Uh, it's just a matter of time. And I plan to do that right now. So I had a decision that I was considering early last year. And that was like, do I get into real estate or do I pursue speaking, which is more perfect work and which might take a little bit longer for me to see the return on my investment. But I know that there's, there's, it is, it will produce the fruit that I needed to. And so I made the choice to go with purpose and I don't regret it. But yeah, I will be doing speaking. This is my first book, not my last. Um, I plan on launching my coaching program. So the goal is with the coaching to definitely create like a high ticket offer, but I just want it to be worth it. Like I'm not just trying to charge people thousands of dollars to charge people thousands of dollars. That's stupid. And that's not dealing with integrity, but there's that. And then once I get in the place financially, I'm definitely getting into real estate investing because that's something that I have been studying for years and always been about. So I definitely plan to do real estate investing, speaking and definitely yeah like to get to that millionaire status when i do plan to have like several figures in the bank but for me like i don't need my bank account to be padded as long as i know that i have like several properties and like i do want to invest in like apartment buildings and like multifamily and like whatever is a good opportunity like i was listening to terica lynn smith and she was like i invest every day and i was like oh shoot have work to do so very <laughs> big vision and i think that's part of the reason why i'm so hard on myself and i don't celebrate all of my wins along the way is because like i know that there's so much more and this is just like a piece of the puzzle but yeah i love that question because like yeah i just got big dreams and they're gonna come to pass in due time like i am um, my vision boards are next to me and I stopped sitting in front of them, but they're literally like right next to me. And I love to put Psalms 37 4 in the middle of my vision board, which says delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart because all of those desires, they're from the Lord, mm -hmm. like God's heart. So I know that it will come to pass. Like he's going to give it to me. So it's just a matter of like being, submitted to the process and obedient to him and letting him like refine me into the woman that I need to be who's able to handle all of those things. So yeah, we just getting started. Just getting started. Listen, I feel you on that one because I got some things yeah, rolling, moving, that's just getting started um, on multiple fronts and I'm excited to see. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got okay. all the time <laughs> in the work. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I also have podcast get up 10 and i will be monetizing that as well so yeah i gotta mention that okay <sighs> okay okay um so yeah like like i said i have a lot of things that are i'm getting started now mm -hmm. i think I, not i think 
I want a lot of my work to start focusing more on the church. And so that's something that I uh, recently got very intentional about. So like you'll start seeing more content soon. That is, I mean, I already started more content that is very much so faith-based, but you'll start seeing more stuff that's like, hey, to the church, we need to do this. Hey, to the church specifically, yeah. let's X, Y, Z. Like that's something that I'm on because I believe that the church is the greatest gift after Jesus that this world has. Like you got God, you got Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And after that, the greatest gift has been the church. If you, let's say just here in America, go to your nearest food bank and see who is sponsoring it. See who started it. Go Mm -hmm. to your nearest AA meeting and see who's running it and who's sponsoring it. There's churches behind hospitals. if you're getting to somebody actually helping the community, it's probably a church behind it somewhere. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a work that I think is amazing, but it's also a work that I think we need to grow in. also think that a lot more churches need to do, um, like, is it Acts 437 or 432 through 37? It speaks about those a church where nobody had any need. Yeah. Um, and I've been speaking on this for a while, and I'm going to be speaking on it. It's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. No one in the church had any need. And if someone did have need, then somebody else would sell their land. They'll sell their home. They'll bring it to the apostles. And the apostles will say, whatever you need it, don't worry about it anymore. So-and-so sold a house to take care of you. Like, you're good now. Right? And I want a lot more churches to get back to that. But there's a, a few things that we need to do that. One, we need to have the mindset that we are truly brothers and sisters and that our money is not ours. Trust and believe that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So if he gives me 20 million, that's great. I'm going to enjoy it. But it's not my 20 million to hoard, right? So I got to take care of my brothers and sisters in Christ. And two, we need people in the church to have houses and have land that they can sell, Um, which means you have to have a a certain level of income. You have to be able to produce a certain level of, of finances so that you don't go broke every time you try to help somebody else and so that you actually can help somebody else so that's a massive change that has to come for a lot of churches but that's kind of the work that i decided that i'm gonna go into so that we can not only be known for helping everyone else but people can know hey when i come here and if i'm serious about this i got brothers and sisters that'll take care of me in my life for real for real so that's what i'm excited for that's what i'm working towards and um, with that being said, I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. Remind me to tell you um, about a CRM that you may want to use, but that's really business type stuff that gets too much. And so, yeah. But anyways, do you have any last words before we get out of here? Oh, gosh. What a question. Because <laughs> we could go in for another hour, but I know that's not wise. But... Hmm. Thank you, first of all, for giving me this opportunity to come on your platform. I really enjoyed our conversation and I just really want to like honor and affirm the vision that you have that God has given to you. I think it's amazing. I love the work that you're doing and don't let anybody deter you from it or turn you from it because you're going to make change and we need change agents and we need people who are going to like shake things up. So 
I love your perspective on the church. And I know we know how, how God feels about the church, how Jesus Christ feels about the church. So I already know you taking care of the bride. Yeah. God has blessings in store for you. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. The last thing I'm going to say is what I say all the time. I believe that selfishness creates the world that we hate. I'm going to give you a second to mm -hmm. think about that. I truly believe that, but I also believe when we are intentional about the good that we do, that we can create the world that we love. So aside from hitting that arrow at the top and hitting the follow button, which I want everybody to do, I want y'all to find somebody and find a way to do something good. That being said, I'm out of here. God loves you. So do I. Thank you so much, Ginger, for giving me some of your time today. Y'all have a wonderful evening. <laughs>